How does it feel? I'm so newly married and my diamonds are beautiful. And I'm wasted. So I woke up the morning after my wedding with that footage on my phone and was absolutely mortified because I got so blacked out drunk the night of my wedding and I was like who the hell is this person this is not me and I was just so embarrassed it was a rough night for you and hence the name of this episode blacked out bride Yeah, so today Haley is going to share a super vulnerable story that she's been trying to figure out a proper way to share for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of we decided this is the best place to do it. So you got the unforeseen footage (laughs) or recording, I should say, at the beginning. And now she's going to kind of explain it a little bit. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because that's the audio from a video. And there's a video of me. And I just... I'm so gone. Like I just, it's crazy to me. And I have so much regret around this night because I think about my wedding and it's something you plan for and you spend so much money on and you invite all of these people to. And here I am completely unaware of what's going on, just beyond drunk. And I don't, I don't remember it, you know, so definitely a regret, but you were there with me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have kind of like the sober, not that you weren't drinking, but you have more of a sober perspective of what happened too. So, I mean, I definitely wasn't on the same level as you. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, To be quite honest, though, like, yeah, I was drinking and I'd say I was drinking like pretty steadily with you at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I feel like as being your best friend, I am always protective of you. And Mm -hmm. like, I kind of noticed your wedding planner or coordinator person that was there the whole time was giving you a lot of drinks yeah and so in my mind I'm like oh shit like I should probably slow down my drinking Mm -hmm. and kind of like make sure shit goes as planned here I appreciate that you know like not to say that you were gonna go off the deep end but it's your wedding it's the Mm -hmm. biggest day of your life and I was like I need to be there for her if she needs it yeah you know like I want you to have fun I want you to do your thing yeah that was what you were choosing to do that Ooh. night. And so I was like, okay, I need to be here to take care of her. Like, who's going to help her go to the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> like, all of those things. Yeah. So. Well, it's really interesting because I do feel like it's very eye-opening. And it it kind of is a representation of all of the reasons I used to drink. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like all of it kind of compounded on this day. I used to have, get pretty anxious in social situations. Like, I it's my wedding and I was going to have to be talking to a lot of people and like the center of attention. And I started drinking early in the day. I didn't really set the intention to get drunk. I didn't set the intention to get blacked out, but it's interesting because every single photo I have on my phone from my wedding, I have a drink in my hand. Mm -hmm. And like you said, my wedding coordinator was kind of like feeding me those things. (laughs) Um, but I just, I had so much anxiety about it. And so I just, I was drinking and I realize now how much of like a, like in social situations when things feel awkward or like I'm having a conversation with somebody, how I use the drink that I have is like a distraction. And like, 
even now when I'm like sipping on water or a non-alcoholic drink, I'm like, no wonder I used to get so drunk because I drink those things so fast. So I just remember like just kind of going about the day and thinking things were fine and then waking up the next morning and being like, I still had my headpiece in my hair. I wake up in a hotel next to Dustin and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I how did I get here? Yeah. You know, you mentioned, um, the whole anxiety around it. Like what were the different things that were creating the anxiety on your wedding day? Because obviously a lot of brides experience the anxiety mm-hmm. of a wedding day. So I'm just curious if you want to like point out the specific things that were sure. causing that anxiety. Yeah. So I remember having to kind of go around and say hello to everybody. And some of these people I knew, but some of them were Dustin's co-workers or Dustin's family or extended family that I hadn't really talked to in a long time or friends I hadn't really talked to in a long time and I think I just used alcohol as a way to like numb myself to that anxiety and I was drinking as I was going around talking to all these people I actually remember spilling a drink on my great aunt's table while I was saying hello to her and I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> like I cringe thinking about that. But also the dancing aspect. This is something that was so hard for me to get over. I used to think that there's no way in hell I would dance unless I was drunk. And I knew I wanted to dance at my wedding. I wanted to have a good time or I'd have to dance at my wedding. So I think I I wanted to get drunk for that. But then I took it too far. You started way too early. Yeah. Well, it went way too fast. I think it's interesting because when I used to drink, I never really set a stopping point for myself. I was never like after three drinks or four drinks, I'm done. It was like drink after drink after drink after drink after drink. Like, and then I'd wake up and be like, shit, you know, so just pretty crazy. Um, But I really like I don't remember leaving my wedding and I obviously have like a lot of regret around that because it's like I, I'm with my husband. He was probably like, cool, like, fuck this, you know? Dustin was a very good sport about it. I will say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely feel bad about it. He, I mean, he didn't give me a hard time about it. Like, bless his heart. Part of me wishes like somebody would have been like, you just need to stop drinking. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Um... But I remember he told me, so after we left our venue, which that's when this video footage is from, like as we were about to leave our wedding and do like our grand exit, Jessica says, I demanded (laughs) that I do my exit, not in my wedding dress, but in in my fucking sweatpants. Yeah. Okay. So she sees this as mortifying but at the same time I saw it as like so amazing because I'm like okay my best friend just demanded to leave her wedding in her sweatpants like I'm totally taking this for my wedding someday like I'm gonna demand to leave it my sweatpants I was like this is so good yeah but yeah I mean you were obviously way past the point by then yeah and obviously when you're in your uncomfortable wedding dress Mm -hmm. all night you were like I just want to be fucking comfortable yeah so you just came back to the dressing room and you were like get me the fuck out of this wedding dress I want to be in my sweatpants so it took me and your sister and your friend Hillary all three of us because you were like dead weight yes like you laid down on the couch and you were like 
put me in my sweatpants. Oh my but God. like you wouldn't move mm-hmm. or like help us mm-hmm. get you out of your dress. So it's like two of us holding you up. Oh my God. While the other one was like taking your clothes. Oh my off God. And like transferring. Yeah. You. It's kind of crazy to think that I would drink to the point of not being present in my body yeah like not being there to experience that even and I am so thankful that like you guys were there to support me and nobody like gave me a hard time about it but I just remember waking up that next morning and being like what the fuck and then I was also like because we flew out at like 4 a.m the next morning for our honeymoon we stayed at a hotel down in Seattle near the airport and Dustin was like checking into the hotel and I'm drunk in the lobby and he like turns around and I'm like not in the lobby. So he has to come find me. And I only know this because he told me this. And I'm like outside in the parking lot. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm walking home. And that is terrifying yeah. to me because I just think about what could have happened. Mm-hmm. Like what I could have woke up in a ditch somewhere. You know what I mean? Well, I think about the fact, too, that, like, you guys were at a hotel near the airport. Mm-hmm. What if you had been in a hotel downtown Seattle mm-hmm. and you had walked out the front doors? Yeah. And, like, you, there's a lot of creepy people yep. and a lot of, like, weird things in downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were in a different situation where it wasn't just a parking lot outside the front door yep. of the hotel, like, it could have been a lot worse. Yep. For sure. Yeah. And when I woke up that next morning, I... I was like, I'm not as hungover as I deserve to be. Like, I felt fine, which is wild to me. I'm like, how could I put that much alcohol into my body and feel okay? I don't even understand that because I'm pretty sure I was hungover the day after (laughs) your wedding. And I had probably about an eighth of the drinks that you did. Yeah, pretty wild. (laughs) And I don't know. It's interesting that I had that experience, but that also wasn't, it wasn't a stopping point to my drinking either. It was something I felt shame and regret about but I kept drinking you know I was sipping on drinks by the pool on our honeymoon and I don't know I didn't even like consider giving up alcohol at that point but when it came time to give up alcohol that was something that I could pinpoint as as something that had happened that that made me want to not drink you know yeah, I think that's an important like thing to bring up because as somebody who is now sober and doesn't drink alcohol, people are going to hear you talk about this and they're going to think that this was part of like the catalyst for mm-hmm. it, but it really wasn't at the time. No, no, definitely you know, not. Like it was something that you now look back on and see as like a moment where you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just like any other person waking up the next morning and being like, I'm feel terrible. That Mm -hmm. was terrible. I don't remember anything. But then a few nights later, they do it again or something, you know, so. Well, and I feel like that's kind of like the cycle that a lot of people get into is like, well, I can just do better next time. Next time I just won't drink as much. But I kind of realized that ultimately it was really hard for me to control drinking. And I think that's what led me to give up alcohol. It wasn't those consequences like waking up the next morning without my memories wondering what happened it was realizing that I I wasn't in control of this and as much as I tried to moderate my drinking I really couldn't yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like maybe I could in some situations but most of the time I wasn't so 
Yeah, I definitely relate to you when you said that you use it, like use the keep drinking thing, like when you're awkward mm-hmm. in social situations, because I've definitely seen myself do that too. Yeah. And even without an alcoholic drink in front of me, if I have water or something else, I'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't know what to say to somebody or something gets awkward, I'm just like, I'm just going to sip my drink yes. over here. So when that's alcohol in front of you, like. That shit can grow really fast yeah. and then you're screwed. Or even when you're hanging out with people that you don't really know, like, what's the common thing to do? Let's take a shot together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because yeah. you don't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I even remember up until so recently, my mother-in-law made a comment because somebody else in the family is getting married and she made the comment to the groom not to get Haley drunk. At your wedding, which is totally fine. I'm fine with it because, yes, definitely do not get that drunk at your own wedding. Um, But we it started a conversation about it. And she was like, I mean, you were fun. We had a good time. You were a fun drunk. And I hear that a lot mm-hmm. from people. Like I've said that to you yes. before many times because, I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's like you weren't this horrible, mean person when you were drunk. But I still had those feelings of this is not how I want to show up. I don't like how this makes me feel. And they were just kind of like below the surface. But I think I validated it so much because I wasn't always an angry drunk or people had a good time with me when I was drinking. And it's like, that's fine. But I don't want to use that as a reason to justify continuing to do something like that to myself. I was just going to say when you were talking about that, like with people not harping on you, for how you were when you were really drunk probably is why it took longer than it Mm -hmm. should have for you to make the decision to stop drinking Mm -hmm. like if we would have been telling you all the time like Haley you're an asshole you know like Haley stop drinking like you're done for the night like you know saying all those things to you because you would have gotten to a certain point where you would have been mean or like things Mm -hmm. like that then maybe you would have realized a lot sooner Mm -hmm. so that's interesting to think about yeah well and I also think that that's why I want to talk about it more often because I think a lot of people are waiting to get to that point and they're Mm -hmm. waiting to get to this point where it's super destructive in their lives. And I just don't think that that needs to be the case. (laughs) I was going to say you don't need to hit rock bottom. And then I just thought about our sponsor, Rick Bottom. (laughs) If you listen to our last episode. (laughs) Rick Bottom, always coming in clutch. Yeah, but... Because I've kind of realized I have this problem with the fact that we actually don't talk to people when we see them abusing alcohol unless it gets to a certain point. You know what I mean? Because binge drinking like that is definitely abusing alcohol. And it's just so normalized in Mm -hmm. our society. So So I have a question that you might not be prepared for because I just thought of it. Okay. But if you would like say that you and Dustin were getting married this year Mm -hmm. and you hadn't gotten married five years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were getting married now in the place that you're at now. Mm -hmm. Like what are some things that you would have done differently to make yourself more comfortable in that situation now that you don't drink? Yeah. It's funny you ask that because I wanted to, before COVID hit, I was like, it would be so cool to renew our vows because I have so much regret about, about our initial wedding night. But I think really what I've had to do is just get comfortable with myself and how I'm going to be able to show up. Because like I said, I was nervous about dancing. So one thing I've actually done to help me with that is 
is just getting more comfortable dancing. Like even if it's like dancing in my room by myself or like taking a video of myself dancing and putting it online, I now feel comfortable in who I am. So then it doesn't feel as awkward for me. Mm -hmm. And I, so somebody said that it's like, we don't really give ourselves the opportunity when we are drinking to do these things without alcohol. So I had never given myself a chance to dance without alcohol and to get comfortable doing it until I stopped drinking. I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. So I definitely think just, just working on myself more and just being more confident in who I am. I definitely would have done, done that. But I also think if I was to have focused on those connections that I was having with people who came to my wedding and and maybe found some gratitude in it instead of feeling anxious about it, I would have been able to show up completely different because I do feel bad that I wasn't present for these people who came out to my wedding to celebrate, you know? Yeah. What do you think you would have done in like the whole like drink situation? I'm curious because like you had the bar at mm-hmm. the wedding I don't remember if there was any like non-alcoholic options because I was drinking the alcoholic ones. So I don't really remember. But like, do you think you would have had more of those for sure? Yeah, I definitely would have had more non-alcoholic options. Um, There was like alcohol-free wines and stuff too. Like I just wish that I would have known about these things beforehand because even if it was sipping something out of a champagne glass that wasn't going to get me wasted. Exactly. I I would have felt more comfortable in those situations. I would have been able to awkwardly sip on something without getting blacked out drunk, you know, and definitely if I was to do it again, I would have more non-alcoholic options than alcohol. We want to highlight one of our sponsors, Clean Craft. Clean Craft carbonated beverages are created with hemp extract, nootropics, and other real simple ingredients, including filtered water, juice concentrates, pure ginger, and cane sugar. All Clean Craft beverages are non-alcoholic, THC-free, and made with 100% USA hemp. And they're currently offered in lime, ginger, and cola. Yeah, so when you go to their website, which is www.cleancraft.com, you can punch in our promo code, that is SOUL, and that gets you 5% off your orders and free shipping. Enjoy! See, that's what's so cool is that there are so many of those products out there now um, Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's a lot more people going the alcohol-free lifestyle And so, you know, you do have the options of alcohol-free wines, there's alcohol-free champagnes Mm -hmm. and alcohol-free beers and things like that. There are a lot of things that you can get. I don't know the cost of them compared to alcoholic stuff. They might be a little bit spendier, just like any healthier food Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, and then I think about even like the people that are coming to a wedding that are pregnant, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't really get many options either. Yeah you know, they can't drink like, Mm -hmm. so what do they get? They just get to sip on water the whole time too or soda. And it's like, they could enjoy having those options too, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like, it'd be good for a lot of people. Yeah. It's definitely something I wish I could go back and redo. Yeah. For sure. And I think it's something people should consider when it comes to their wedding too, because like you said, like if somebody's pregnant at the wedding or maybe you have somebody who's sober and who doesn't want to drink, It's nice to feel included Mm -hmm. and to feel like you have an option because I've gone to weddings where everyone is drinking. I've gone to weddings since I've not been drinking and 
the only option was water and soda, which is fine. But like, it would it's be cool boring. to like drink it out of like a champagne glass or something. So, and to think about too, like, um, if you're holding a champagne glass full of something that looks like champagne, you're not going to get those awkward questions. Yep. You're not going to get the, why aren't you drinking? Yep. Or like those questions that the people who, I don't know the word I'm looking for. The people that are not spiritually enlightened yet. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you know, those, yeah. those questions that those people ask. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I would have been not drinking at my own wedding, people would have thought I was pregnant. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. So, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So definitely like a learning experience for me. It's something that ultimately pointed me in the right direction. It's not something I learned from immediately. But like Jessica said in the beginning, this is like a story I've really been wanting to tell. And it's something that I have a hard time putting words to, but I know it's something that I'm not alone in. I've talked mm-hmm. to a lot of other people who have experienced this. So I thought it would be fun to do an episode on it today. Yeah. And it's part of your story. You know, it's mm-hmm. part of where you like where and how you got to or how you got to where you are today. So yes. like, yeah, it's a hard thing to share. And it's something that, you know, you're not proud of. Mm-hmm but it's who you are. And yep. so you're sharing it, you're being vulnerable. And there's mm-hmm. other people out there that are going to be like, yep, I got a shitty situation <laughs> like that similar to you that I yes. am not proud of. But yes. And if you do, I, w- I want to hear it. <laughs> um, let me know I'm not alone in this. Send me a DM. Let me know how your wedding went. If you were a blacked out bride as well, I want to know. Yep. So until next time, we will catch you guys later. Bye guys. Oh, 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 oh,